disciple James, brother of John, has been captured by the authorities. your suffering, news of a great teacher, Jesus Christ. Open your hearts to Jesus and you will have everlasting life. The preaching of a new kingdom threatens those in power. Brothers and sisters, we rejoice in our suffering because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance creates character. Character. Hope. Christian tradition says all the disciples die for their cause. Peter is crucified in Rome, upside down. Matthew is killed in Ethiopia. Thomas in southern India. And John is poisoned in Rome. Oh, they're coming for you. Take these. Something must survive. Not me, my words at least. Go, go. I fought a good fight. I finished the race. is beheaded by the Romans. But his words live on. His letters form nearly half of the New Testament. But the final chapter is yet to be written. That's hard to watch, isn't it? 
We, uh, <clears throat> you know, even in our world of so much graphic violence on TV and movies, it's still really hard, I think, for us to watch Christians specifically being persecuted, beat up, killed for their faith. We didn't even see everything. It could be a lot more bloody, a lot more gory, a lot more violent. But even in watching that, some of you, your stomachs are turning a little bit. You start researching persecution around the world. If you care at all, it'll bring you to tears. What our brothers and sisters are going through around the world. Sometimes we need to see hard things or hear hard things or know the atrocities that are going on to understand that it's real. These things are real. Like the Sound of Freedom movie with child sex trafficking. It's hard to watch that movie. But there's something within our soul that gets stirred inside of us and we say, that's not right. That shouldn't happen. Hopefully it stirs us to do something about it. To pray for our persecuted brothers and sisters around the globe. I want to make today a little bit uh, more tangible. That's why I showed that movie. The, the realness of persecution that's going on. Take a look at this map. This is, uh, you can see that the bright white is the ocean and the, this is the United States over here on this side. Uh, the orange areas indicate Africa, Middle East, China. Uh, high levels of persecution happening today, not 2,000 years ago. And the red levels, the red uh, countries indicate extreme levels of persecution. So we're going to keep that up for just a minute. Here in the United States, <laughs> we're not, it's not that we're not persecuted at all. There's different levels of persecution around the world, different ways that people reject and oppose Christianity and us. <laughs> but can you imagine for just a second picking yourself up and putting yourself down in a red country where you get arrested for even having a few pages of scripture, you get beaten, tortured, killed for proclaiming the name of Christ, you get kicked out of your country, your family leaves you, you... Uh, you lose your job. You could even lose your life. Tortured, imprisoned, raped, beaten. Imagine that being your daily scenario. Instead of waking up each morning, looking at your phone for your news or the social media feed, saying, hmm, what restaurant do I want for breakfast? What, what do I want to go for supper? And Do I want to... Come to Troy View? I don't know. I saw a snowflake. I think there was a snowflake. Or, or the traffic, or I'm camping, or whatever. I was up to 6 a.m. playing video games. Whatever excuses we make in our life for not being a church family together. I know the roads were a little dangerous. I'm not, I don't mean to pick on that this morning. But we make a lot of excuses for lukewarm faith. I want to help us to grow. I want to push myself to, to grow and to follow Jesus more closely. When we have a lot of freedom, it becomes a choice. It becomes an option. Yeah, 
I don't feel like it. I'm tired. And in other countries, they say, we're going to meet in this underground church and we might be pulled out by soldiers and murdered on the streets. That's just... It's a whole other level of Christianity. You really got to decide if you're going to follow Jesus there. Yeah, Nancy? Scary, isn't it? I saw this video. This is not about persecution, but it's about the lake some people go to to worship. This was in Ethiopia, I believe. Ethiopia, yeah. At the top of this very ridiculous mountainside with very steep sides and everything is this little church. And these people <laughs> climb up this crazy mountain. <laughs> Some yeah. women with kids, sure. you know, and I'm like elderly, oh, yeah. And they uh, they barely have handholds or anything, right. and they climb up this mountain so they can up worship. the mountain to worship. Yeah. And I thought, wow. And wow, people rate crazy. churches on Google or Yelp three out of five. They had two steps. They were different, you know. <laughs> but people are climbing up the mountains. <laughs> It's a whole other level of commitment. I'm not, I don't mean to knock our commitment. I know we were born here. This is what we're used to. We're kind of just here by default. But I want us to think about the commitment of other Christians around the world and push us to, can I say, up our game a little bit? To be fully devoted followers of Jesus changes everything. I want to read you, I knew this persecution message was coming up with Paul. He's been beaten up a whole bunch, and we'll get to that. But here's a few news headlines of just the past few months that I've been collecting, waiting to share with you about what's going on around the world. You ready? This is, this is tough. Pakistani pastor survives assassination attempt. From Muslim mobs during recent outbreak of violence against Christians. Headline says the videos are horrified. Just thinking about what to go through. Here's another one. Christianity crackdown. Nine pastors beaten by police in India for spreading message of God. Islamists have murdered 2,500 Christians and abducted at least 2,300 more in Nigeria in the first half of 2023. Report at least 140 killed. Over 300 injured on Christmas Day terror attacks on majority Christian communities in Nigeria, Nigerian region. What were you doing on Christmas? In your pajamas, opening presents. Our brothers and sisters are trying not to be murdered for following Jesus. This is just evil. Here's another one. A new Chinese law has led to a widespread crackdown on Christian, Christians and provinces throughout the country. But it's not just in places other than America. Here's a few from the United States of America in the past few months. Arizona preacher shot in the head while sharing the gospel. P.S. He survived. But he did get shot. Nashville boy beat by Muslim family members slashed with knife after deciding to follow Christ. It's not just around the world. This is happening everywhere. Especially in these countries. And and the news headlines go on and on and on. Today's a little bit more somber. I'm not wearing a funny hat. and (laughs) I don't... uh, I'm not making a lot of jokes. Um, But we need to know somber realities sometimes. 
story after story of uh, church buildings being demolished <clears throat> and closed down, house churches raided, pastors handcuffed mid-service, Christians arrested, interrogated, imprisoned. This goes on and on everywhere. They average... <clears throat> Uh, they, they try to do estimates. It's hard when you don't have a lot of, like, you can't just go there and watch these things take place, or you too would get murdered. But they, they try to do estimates. They think around 500 Jesus followers every single month today are murdered for their faith worldwide. And 400 plus church buildings are destroyed every month. 800 plus Christians every single month are detained, beaten, imprisoned, kidnapped, or raped simply because of their faith in the Messiah, Jesus. In some countries, it's impossible to live openly as a Christian. Bad things will happen to you, <laughs> severely. And you either got to flee for your life out of the country or risk being killed or everything taken away from you. Newsweek reported that Christian persecution and genocide is now worse than, quote, at any time in history. Is that weird? Is that wild? We're, we're here in America, and we don't see a lot of this firsthand. We don't see probably any of it firsthand, hardly. The severe persecution. But we got to know that this is happening. And not just to Paul, and not just to James, and not just to John, not just to Peter. Today, 500 of our brothers and sisters, our church family, are being tortured, well, murdered. For following Jesus. It, this is, it seems like such a high number. Like, so implausible. Like, how could people even do this? It's hard to wrap our brains around it, but we have to understand the reality and let that weigh on us so we know to pray for those persecuted and to do whatever we can to help them. Um, I want to pass this out. Greg, while you're up, could you come here, please? Uh-oh. I'm not, no, no, I'm just, just this. I'm not going to do any funny, silly thing to you, but could you please uh, pass one of these out to everybody? This is... Um, some things to pray for, for our brothers and sisters. Persecution. Can I have one of those? No. I'm everybody. You're Thank me. you. <laughs> Different bullet points to pray for and some online resources. You say, I want to know more or how could this really be happening or I want uh, to help somehow, to donate to a cause. It's all there. I mean, there's, there's many different organizations, but those are some. And here are ways. They need our prayers. They need our support. They need our love. And I just want to try, just a little bit, put ourselves in their position. What would we do if we were living in one of those orange or red countries? Or what would we do if you're evangelizing, sharing Jesus and Troy, and somebody pulls a gun? That kind of stuff does happen, can happen, even in the United States. Will we persevere until the end? That's what we're talking about today. Unstoppable perseverance. Will we persevere into the end no matter what people say against us? No matter what people do to us because we are followers of Jesus? Would, would you 
Put yourself in their shoes. Would you renounce your faith to save your neck? Would you say, no, 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 I don't, I don't believe in Jesus. Uh, yeah, yeah, nope, not with him. Like Peter, deny him. People are facing this right now, everywhere. We want to pray to give them strength to endure. Turn me to Acts chapter 21. Paul's facing a lot too. Acts chapter 21. That's what we're, uh, we're going through the book of Acts. And boy, this is the sixth time in Acts that Paul is getting beat up or, or causing riots in cities and things that his ministry has ignited a public disturbance. Acts chapter 21. Look at verse uh, 27 where we left off last week. Acts 21, 27. When the seven days were almost completed, the Jews from Asia seen him in the temple, stirred up the whole crowd and laid hands on him. Not like laid hands and prayed for him. <laughs> like, I'm going to lay hands on you, boy. And they wanted to hurt him. Crying out, verse 28, Men of Israel, help! This is the man who is teaching everyone everywhere against the people and the laws of this place. Moreover, he even brought Greeks into the temple and has defiled this holy place. For they had previously seen Trophimus the Ephesian with him in the city, and they supposed that Paul had brought him into the temple. Then all the city was stirred up and the people ran together. They seized Paul and dragged him out of the temple. Imagine somebody dragging us out of Troy Beach Church. They dragged him out of the temple. And at once the gates were shut. Verse 31. And as they were seeking to kill him, word came to the trib tribune of the cohort that all Jerusalem was in confusion. He at once took soldiers and centurions and ran down to them. And when they saw the tribune and the soldiers, they stopped beating Paul. They stopped. Okay. Pause. Then, they, then the tribune came up and arrested him and ordered him to be bound with two chains. He inquired, they, he inquired who he was and what he had done. Some in the crowd were shouting one thing, some another. And as he could not learn the facts because of the uproar, he ordered him to be brought into the barracks. And when he came to the steps, he was actually carried by the soldiers. <laughs> like a uh, crowd surfing, carried by the soldiers because of the violence of the crowd. For the mob of the people followed, crying out, Away with him! Verse 37, As Paul was about to be brought into the barracks, he said to the tribune, May I say something to you? And he said, Do you know Greek? Are you not the Egyptian then, who recently stirred up a revolt and led the 4,000 men of the assassins out into the wilderness? Paul replied, I am a Jew from Tarsus in Sicilia, Cilicia, a citizen of uh, no obscure city. I beg you, permit me to speak to the people. We're going to stop there. You can write this down if you have your insert. That boldness is dangerous, yet glorious. Boldness is dangerous, yet it is also glorious. So Paul, he's getting a lot of the dangerous side. But he's got glory coming. They're beating him up. They're putting him in jail. They are so bloodthirsty and violent, they're wanting to straight up murder him. <laughs> he goes through this again and again and again. Why? Because a big part of this uh, was, at least here in this situation, the Jews were not liking it. That Paul was saying, Gentiles, everybody, the, the door's open to all for the Messiah. Come to him. Come to Jesus. You don't have to become a Jew first in order to be a Christian, essentially. And they didn't like that. They wanted people to convert to Judaism and there were Jewish Christians trying to mix this thing together. They didn't like that Paul was 
opening the door and saying everybody can come to him without being a Jew first. So they had some qualms with that. That's apostasy. That's blasphemy, right? Uh, to be saved without being Jewish. And then they were falsely accusing him. They said, you're this Egyptian guy who, who led this revolt and disappeared. Uh, the, there's a historian named Josephus who wrote some things down from this time. 54 AD, he records an Egyptian leading a, result, a revolt against the authorities of 4,000 people and then he disappeared. And they're like, that's the guy. Paul, he was this guy. He led the revolt. Let's get him, guys. And Paul's like, that's not me. You're, you're, you're throwing this on me. You're falsely accusing me. This is uh, not me. And then they were upset at him uh, for bringing, quote-unquote, bringing uh, these Gentiles into the inner courts of the Jewish temple, which was uh, like holy for them, and, and you couldn't be a Gentile dog and, and be allowed into the holy places. And Paul's like, I'm not doing that. I'm just preaching Jesus. I wasn't the Egyptian guy. But they still, you know, when there's a riot, 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 they're just all stirred up and they want to beat you and the, the mob violence happens. You've seen that happen around the world many times, too often. And that's not all that Paul had faced, this particular circumstance. I'll, I'll read to you. Uh, this is from Corinthians. And I've got a lot of verses in your notes. We're not going to go through them all today. I encourage you to read those this week about persecution and enduring under suffering, having perseverance. Really powerful verses. But this, uh, Paul writes this, in 1 Corinthians, five different times the Jewish leaders gave me 39 lashes, whipping on his back. Just put yourself in his shoes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. That's with rocks, by the way. Three times I was shipwrecked. Once I spent the whole night and a day adrift at sea. I've traveled on many long journeys. I have faced dangers from rivers, rivers and from robbers. I have faced danger from my own people, the Jews, as well as from the Gentiles. I face danger in the cities, in the deserts, and on the seas. And I face danger from men who claim to be believers, but are not. I have worked hard and long, enduring many sleepless nights. I have been hungry and thirsty, have often gone without food. I have shivered in the cold, without enough clothing to keep me warm. Then, besides all this, I have the daily burden of my concern for all the churches. No matter what Paul faces, he's faithful to continue being a witness of Jesus. No matter what anybody tries to do to him, to hurt him, to kill him, to beat him, to get him out of here, they don't like this Jesus saving message that he's preaching. They want him to stop and they will do anything to make him stop, just like they do in so many countries around the world. But no matter what, no matter what it cost him, he would rather be beaten, imprisoned, tortured, killed for the sake of winning lost souls to Christ. For the sake this burden that has been placed on him to be a missionary to the ends of the earth. This is a call that God gave him. This is the, the mission that he was picked for by Jesus. And nothing, nothing will stop him. What would stop you? Somebody calls you a, a name because you follow Jesus. They get in your face. They reject you. They don't invite you to the party. They, it, there may be more persecu persecution coming in America, I would assume. I, would, um, I believe in the days to come. If you lose your job, 
because uh, you're a Christian that in Canada they shut down churches you can't say certain Bible verses or else you get sent to prison this is coming to America more and more and if, if we are truly following Jesus and his ways, living for him, sharing his message, we should expect opposition. We should expect pushback and criticism and persecution and, and mockery and rejection. It just goes along with the territory. Why would we be surprised if we read this book and all these people faced this before and we see the countries listed and why would we be shocked that this is happening to Oh, I can't believe they said that or did. Jesus said they hated me first and they're going to hate you too. It's almost like a promise. But he's with us. That makes all the difference for Paul, for us, that there is glory to come. It is dangerous when we risk our, our life and limb, when we stick our neck out and, and do some of the uh, revive evangelism or, or the love our city and we go downtown and we say, hey, door to door or to different businesses, which we should be doing, and say, can I share with you about Jesus? And how many doors have been slammed shut in people's faces here in America even? Spat upon, rejected. I bet the... Jehovah's Witnesses and Mormons, though we don't agree with all their teachings, they do diligence to go door to door, and I bet they have quite a few <laughs> stories to tell. It just, you follow Jesus, and what did they do to him? <laughs> this is our Messiah, this is our Savior. They wanted him dead, and they killed him. <laughs> and we go, I'm going to follow that guy, and they're going to be really nice to me, right? No, that's not how this works. There's a lot of reasons people do this. People reject Christians, political, religious, practical. But the plain truth is that boldness for God and Jesus is indeed dangerous. In some countries, different ways than other countries, for sure. But it's also glorious. It's glorious because we have the privilege of sharing about Jesus uh, and his suffering he suffered, and some of the writers are like, yeah, I, I get a share in his suffering. This is, they're even glad. They did this to Jesus, they're doing this to me too. I'm honored. It's a privilege to be beaten for Jesus. Can you imagine ever thinking that? That's what they thought. And there is glory coming. When we trust and believe in this hope of Jesus, it goes beyond the, the circumstances in our life, the hardships. No matter what they do to us or say to us. You know, I love that verse. Daniel, they can kill my body, but they can't kill my soul. They murder Christians all around the world. At least we know of 500 a month. A month! And that they will be resurrected to share in the glory of God and His kingdom to come. And Paul knows this fact. And he's rejoicing in the, the glorious... Uh, News to come, the, the glorious future to come, the age to come. And so he goes out there and he's bold and he's dangerous. Well, are we? How bold have you been? And I've been in, in sharing our faith. We don't like to make things awkward. We don't like to make the room uncomfortable. We don't like rejection. 
We, we, in America, we, maybe this is just human nature everywhere, we search after ease and comfort and pleasure and we, we don't want tension, we don't want conflict, we don't want opposition. But if we're bold for Jesus, just buckle up. I mean, it's there and it's coming more and more. So will we live our lives pursuing comfort? We've got to ask ourselves that. Will I live my life seeking after ease and pleasure and non-confrontational? Somebody else will share Jesus with them. That's not my job. That's a paid church leader's job. That's a paid evangelist's job. That's a paid missionary's job. No, we are all on this mission together. Jesus has given every single one of us gifts and abilities to complete this task, this great work, this dangerous but glorious work of His mission here on earth. To make disciples, to make disciples, to spread his, uh, the gospel message to the ends of the world. Will you be a part of that? We've got to be bold to do it. We cannot be timid. We've got to be, what's that song, Greg? Bold like lions, right? We got to be bold, and so many Christians, so uh, us, more than we'd like to admit, we're just timid little mouses, you know. We got to be lions, and not that we smack people across the face with the Bible. Not that we get our our bullhorn and say "turn or burn," but we need to step up and step out in boldness, and it can be dangerous. Like in Arizona, that pastor was shot in the head for sharing Jesus. United States of America a few months ago. (laughs) This is not just overseas. This is dangerous work. But it's all worth it because of the glory of Jesus and the kingdom to come. So, you might upset your friends. You might be misunderstood like Paul. You might be falsely accused or falsely judged or plotted against. You might lose your freedom. You might lose your family. You might lose your job someday. You might even lose your life. But in big ways or small, persecution is going to happen. If you you follow Jesus, like truly committed, completely doing what he called us to do, living how he called us to live, saying what he called us to say, persecution in some way, shape, or form, big or small, here or later, is going to happen. The question is, what are we going to do about it when it happens? How are we going to respond? And that's where we're going to end today. I just want to read this last section before we close. Uh, Acts chapter 21, verse 40. What did Paul do? How did he respond? (laughs) Acts chapter 21, verse 40. And when he had given him permission, Paul, standing on the steps, motioned with his hand to the people. And when there was a great hush... He addressed them in the Hebrew language, saying, Brothers and fathers, hear the defense that I make now make before you. And when they heard that he was addressing them in the Hebrew language, they became even more quiet. And he said, I am a Jew born in Tarsus of Cilicia, but brought up in this city, educated at the feet of Gamaliel, according to the strict manner of the law of our fathers, being zealous for God, as all of you are to this day. I persecuted the way, this way, to the death. That's what they call Christians, the way. Binding and delivering to prison both men and women as a high priest and the whole crowd of elders can bear me witness 
From them I received letters to the brothers, and I journeyed toward Damascus to take those who uh, also who were there and bring them into bonds to be punished. He's going after Christians. Chapter 22, verse 6. As I was on my way and drew near to Damascus about noon, a great light from heaven suddenly shone around me, blinded by light. Verse 7, And I fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to me, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? We've heard this before. He's sharing it again. And I answered, Who are you, Lord? And he said to me, I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom you are persecuting. Now those who were with me, they saw the light but did not understand. They didn't hear the voice of the one who was speaking to me. And I said, What shall I do, Lord? And the Lord said to me, Rise and go into Damascus, and there you will be told all that is appointed for you to do. And since I could not see because of the brightness of that light, I was led by the hand by those who were with me and came into Damascus. And one Ananias, a devout man according to the law, well spoken of by all the Jews who lived there, came to me and standing by me said to me, Brother Saul, receive your sight. Mm. And at that very hour, I received my sight and saw him. And he said, The God of our fathers appointed you to know his will, to see the righteous one, and to hear a voice from his mouth. For you will be a witness to, for him to everyone of what you have seen and heard. And now, why do you wait? Rise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on his name. When I had returned to Jerusalem and was praying at the temple, I fell into a trance and saw him state, saying to me, Make haste and get out of Jerusalem quickly because they will not accept your testimony about me. And I said, Lord, they themselves know that in one synagogue after another I imprisoned and beat those who believed in you. And when the blood of Stephen, your witness, was being shed, I myself was standing by and approving and watching over the garments of those who killed him. And he said to me, Go, for I will send you far away to the Gentiles. You can stop there for today. Last thought, you want to write this down. Leave a Jesus impression even when facing oppression. We want to leave a Jesus impression with people even when, like Paul, we're facing oppression. Now put yourself in Paul's shoes. All right. You've just been beaten. <laughs> You've been mobbed. They tried to kill you, murder you. You've been arrested, accused, falsely accused. And in the heat of that moment, with soldiers present around you, Bleeding from your wounds, <laughs> your body bruised and broken, and you're given the opportunity to speak to these people. Address them for what they've just done to you. How would you react? <laughs> what would you say to them? Would you give them a piece of your mind? Would you be ticked off? Scared? Angry? Do you back down or make excuses to get out of it? Just leave me alone, guys. Just let me go. Paul stands his ground. And what does he do? He shares the story of how Jesus changed his life and changed his eternity. Through swollen eyes, just picture Paul. He, he looks out and he doesn't see a hostile crowd of angry people. This mob, he sees lost people who need Jesus. He sees them through the eyes of Jesus. And he tells them what we ought to be telling people too. I once was this way. Then I met Jesus. Now I'm different. I'm not perfect, but I'm making progress. Like Paul, 
Will you and I share our testimony with people? Will we see people through Jesus' eyes and see the lost? And not just be mad at people for whatever they say or do to us, but step back and go, these people are hurting, these people are broken, these people are without a Savior, and they need you. Please speak through me, Lord, and help me to share with them your love, including, but not limited to, how Jesus, well, how you were, how you used to be before Him, how Jesus changed you, and what He's going to do in the future. The gospel message, share about who Jesus and God are, what they've done in the world, what they're planning on doing, what they've promised. I was once like this, then I met Jesus, now I'm different. And Paul left this Jesus impression on them. We don't see how many were saved there, but I bet he got them thinking. As he did everywhere he went. Even when facing oppression, we want to leave a Jesus impression. Imprint on people, no matter what you do, no matter what you say. I serve a Savior who gives me hope and joy and love and peace, even in the middle of darkness and in evil in the world. Paul wrote this in Romans 12. <laughs> Don't let evil overcome you, but conquer evil by doing good. That's what he did. That was what he lived by after he met Jesus. Well, you and I live like that. I bet there's Christians around the world who are horrendous things are happening to them. Remembering this verse from Paul. Do not let evil overcome you, but conquer evil by doing good back to them. So when people attack you and I, will we... Pay them back with blessings and love. Even share with our attackers and the people who reject us and mock us and put us down. Even share with them uh, blessings and love and, and keep seeking, no matter what, to do and say what's right and trust God with what's going to happen after that. We don't know the future, but God does. We're going to sing our last song today. I know this is kind of a heavy subject, but we got to trust God. Let's grow in this this week. I pray we can pray for these persecuted church around the world. Pray for ourselves to, God, help me, no matter what people do or say to me, to trust in you fully with the results. Help me to, to say and do what you're calling me to do, what's right, what I know I should do, and leave the rest up to you. Because we don't know the future, but we know who holds the future. I didn't make that up. I heard that before. We don't know the future, but we know who holds the future. And He has resurrection power over the grave, even if people kill you, or maim you, or hurt you, and they do around the world. No matter who it is, no matter where we're at, we're called to persevere for Jesus. Let our light shine in a dark, dark, dark world. And not worry about the consequences or increased persecution that may come. But trust in God for His glorious hope. Exclusive to those who surrender their life to Him. So I hope that you have put your trust in Jesus. And say, I give you everything, Lord. I even give you my body. If people are going to hurt that or, or torture that or kill that. Because I know you hold my eternity. And when you get to that point, when we get to that point in our life, we know. <laughs> I mean... Persecution really separates the Christian by convenience 
people and the Christian, no matter what people. I hope and pray that we are in that category. Followers of Jesus, no matter what. We give you our lives and we trust you with the rest. Let's stand and sing praises to our persecuted Savior. in this life, in this world, sickness or sorrow or suffering or persecution. We know that you are still God. You are still good. You are still working in our lives for the good of others and for your glory. I pray that you would embolden us this week 
and Christians around the world who are suffering for you. Help us to be courageous, to live out your mission truly, deeply. To be who you called us to be, do what you called us to do, say what you called us to say, no matter what people think of us or do to us or say to us, no matter how they treat us. Pray you give us strength. Give all those who are dealing with suffering, torture, persecution for their faith, give them strength to cling on to you and your hope and your resurrection power. You are God over it all. We thank you and praise you for your Savior who gives us abundant life that starts today and goes on forever. In his name we pray. Amen. Amen.